Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. God's word written to me. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. So I receive it as truth for my life today and open my heart to hear God speak a word and fill me with the Holy Spirit so that my life will be changed forever. In Jesus' name, amen. God's love is great, but sometimes... Life isn't so great. Can I get an amen? Can I just be real? Sometimes life sucks. Can I just be real? Come on, have you ever, have you ever experienced life when it's just really bad? Like, like when something unexpected happens, a, a financial loss, and you're in $50,000 debt, and, and you lose your house, and your car gets repossessed, and you're hopeless. You ever been there? You lose a loved one unexpectedly. You were planning for your future, and you, you thought you'd grow old together, and you'd retire together, and you'd live out your years together, and, and things didn't work out the way that you wanted Sometimes life is just grievous. We have a great high priest. We have a great God. But if we're just being real, we know sometimes life isn't so great. Or when you get married and and you've got all these dreams for a family and you're trying to be a good steward and you say, hey, I don't want to have any kids right now. We don't got it all together, so you hold off. And then when you decide to have some, you, you can't get pregnant. And then, and then when you do, and you're all excited, and you can't carry the baby through term, and something happens, and it never comes to fruition. Sometimes life doesn't work out the way we want it to. But that doesn't mean that we should be hopeless. That doesn't mean that we should throw in the towel. That doesn't mean we should blame God. Can I just remind us? We live in a fallen world because of sin. And sin affected everything, even the weather. And because we live in a fallen world, things happen that are outside of God's original design, outside of God's original plan. But that doesn't change his love for you. That doesn't change the power of his love from moving in and through your life to keep you moving forward in faith. Amen. What does John 3.16 say? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son... Whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Can I just remind you, everlasting life has much to do with quality as it does with eternity. Just because everything didn't work out, it doesn't mean that God isn't still working in you. It doesn't mean that God doesn't want to bless you and encourage you and strengthen you and move you forward. So what do we do? How do we remain confident in the love of God? How do we remain confident in God and his promises and his faithfulness and his word when we know we have a great God, but life isn't so great? The title of today's message is Confident in God's Love. 
Would you say it with me, church? Confident in God's love. Here's a subtitle. You ready? Faith triumphs in trouble. Faith triumphs in trouble. In, in the book of Romans, chapter 5, I want to read a few verses, and that's going to be our theme text for this morning. Romans 5, 1 through 5, out of the New King James Version. This is what the Bible says. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Pause. The word justified means because of the blood of Jesus and the sacrifice of Jesus, God sees the person who's received that justified, never ever sinned in my life. Can somebody say amen? Justified, acquitted, guiltless before God. Verse 2, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. So because we're in the family of God, we stand in the grace of God. Grace isn't only to get into the family of God. Grace is also the favor of God, the blessing of God, the goodness of God moving in and on your life while you're serving God. And grace can be increased. God resists the proud, but he gives more grace to the humble, right? So we can grow in the grace of God. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God and the future eternal place that we have with God. And then he says, and not only that, but we also glory, that word glory could also mean rejoice, boast, in tribulations, Knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance, character, and character, hope. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Can somebody say amen for the reading of God's word? I just want to remind you, God is greater than the giants that you face. Some of us in here are facing giants of hopelessness. Some of us might be facing giants of fear. Some of us might be facing giants of, of, of uh, just uncertainty as it pertains to the future. Some of us might be facing giants of sickness. Some of us might be facing giants that just seem too big, too overwhelming, don't know how I'm going to get through it. Can I just remind you, God is still in the giant slaying business. See, the Bible is filled with God's promises of blessings, filled with God's favor, provision, protection. But if we're being real, at the same time, there's painful situations and circumstances that all of us have, are, or will face in life. And while God's promises are true, sometimes we face trouble. Sometimes we face sickness. Sometimes we face great setbacks or pressure or distress and sometimes loss. And if we're not careful these things can shake our confidence in God. 
They can rattle our confidence in God's word, in God's faithfulness, in God's love. And if we don't understand some things from a biblical perspective, trials can cause us to question God, to throw in the towel, to lose our faith, to question God's love. Suffering of any kind shouldn't be blamed on God. We live in a fallen world. We live in a sin-plagued world, and there's consequences to that. The good news is this. God will use all suffering, all tribulation, all pain for our benefit to accomplish his plans and his purposes in our lives for the glory of Jesus Christ if we'll learn how to let him. Amen. So what can we do? How can we remain confident in God's love no matter what? No matter what you're going through. All of us, I would venture to say, might be going through something. How do we stay rock solid in God's love? Here's the first thing. Write it down if you want to. At least make a mental note of it. you got to know this. There can be joy in the journey. Come on, say it with me, church. There can be joy in the journey. We don't have to go around looking like we've been sucking on lemons all the time. Amen. If there's anybody who should be filled with joy, it should be the people of God. Amen. I love what James says. James is real. James is like just down to earth. James 1, 2, he says, my brethren, my sisters, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Count it all joy. I was looking at this a little closer and some other translations say, consider it all joy. Think of it as joy. And I looked a little closer at the word count. The word count in the Greek, it's a mathematical word. It means you look at the situation, not from your natural perspective, from God's supernatural perspective. And you do the math spiritually, and you count it up. And you realize, no matter what I'm going through, God's faithful. His word doesn't change. His love is powerful. I'm going to measure that all up. I'm going to do the math, and I'm going to count it. I'm going to consider it. I'm going to say I can be joyful in the middle of this trial. Amen. It's a choice. And it's something that you already have. Can I just remind you, the word says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, kindness, self-control. In other words, when the Holy Spirit came to live on the inside of you because he's been poured out in you, he brought all the joy that you'll ever need no matter what you're going through. So we just got to lean into that. We got to renew our minds. We got to understand. Even though life's hard, even though I don't understand what's happening, there's a supernatural joy that I have access to. It's on the inside of me. And if I just renew the way I think and look at things from God's perspective, I can be joyful in the middle of a terrible circumstance. I'm not saying we're joyful for the circumstance. Don't get me wrong. I'm saying something supernatural can happen and we can begin to tap in joy that comes from God. It's a heavenly gladness. It's a heavenly cheerfulness. It's a heavenly delight. Can I just remind you, even though you live on earth, you're a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. There's no sadness in heaven. Everyone's full of joy. 
You can tap into that right now. You can access the joy. Come on, can I get an amen? There's joy in the journey. God's not necessarily so concerned about what I accomplish as he is in who I am becoming. And he wants me to be a reflection of his joy that he's put in me even when life is terrible, when it doesn't make sense, when I didn't get what I wanted, when I didn't get what I was hoping for, when I thought things would be different. And the Bible teaches us that joy isn't circumstantial. Joy is found in a relationship with Jesus. Joy is found in realizing that you are so loved by God and he's always working on your behalf. Whether you're on the mountaintop of God's blessing or in the valley of life, tough times. Joy is possible because God is faithful. Amen. Romans 8, 28. Anybody know it? And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who have been called according to his purpose. Is that what the Bible says? What about this circumstance? What about that? What about this? The devil's working hard over here. It didn't work out. All things. He's working it all together for your good. He's going to pull it all together for your good. You're going to look back. We can look back. 27, almost 30 years I've been serving the Lord. We can look back and we can see the hard times, the tribulations, the circumstances, the things that we didn't understand, the things that we didn't think we were going to get through. And we can look back and we can see how God's been working and he's been shaping, he's been molding, and he's been drawing us closer. I'm more and more confident in my relationship with God today, which is the most important thing in life than I've ever been. It's a relationship with God. Everything else is temporal. Amen? So there can be joy in the journey. Just say this with me. Say, Father God, I make a decision to be joyful. To be joyful in the journey. Come on now. Amen. You don't have to be anything less than joyful. Here's the second truth. I think this will help us, okay? Number two, tribulation produces if we allow it to. Come on, say it with me, church. Come on. Tribulation produces if we allow it to. Remember Romans 5, 3, and 4. It says, we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulations produces. That means it's working in you. It's doing something in us. Perseverance and perseverance character, and character hope. That word tribulation means trouble. It means pressure. It means uh, difficulty. It's a pressing. It's a squeezing. It's a stressing. It's a, it's a description of grapes being put in a vat and then being squeezed so that the juice can come out. Come on, anybody ever feel like that at times? You might be feeling like that this morning, but can I just tell you, tribulation, trouble, pressure, stress can, can produce if we allow it to. Let me, let me point out these three words real quickly. Perseverance. Some other translations use the word endurance. Endurance. Say endurance. Endurance. Perseverance. Endurance. I want to I wanna just tell you what it means. It means a continuance. It means a bearing up under pressure. It's a steadfastness. It's a holding up under pressure. 
It's spiritual, supernatural backbone that the Holy Spirit will give you when you feel like buckling. He's going to hold you up. It comes from God. It's not something that you can muster up. It's supernatural. It comes from him. This endurance, this perseverance is produced in you when you lean into God. The second word is the word character. Somebody say character. This is a powerful word. The process of proving and bringing one of us to a place of approved character. Approved character. There's a theologian that I read about. His name is Donald Gray Barnhouse. Talks about this word, character, in the Greek. Dokime. D-O-K-I-M-E. Dokime. You don't have to say it. Just listen what he says. In the ancient world, there was no banking system as we know it today. And no paper money. All money was made from metal. It was heated until liquid poured into molds and allowed to cool. When the coins were cooled, it was necessary to smooth off the uneven edges The coins were comparatively soft, and of course, many people shaved them closely. And in one century, more than 80 laws were passed in Athens to stop the practice of whittling down the coins then in circulation. But some money changers were men of integrity who would accept no counterfeit money. They were men of honor who put only genuine, full-weighted money into circulation. Such men were called dokimos, D-O-K-I-M-O-S. That's a mouthful, dokimos. That's what they were called. And this word is used here for the Christian man or woman as he's to be seen by the world. Full-weighted, genuine, not whittled away, not counterfeit. So how does that apply? When we're going through tribulation, pressure, hard times, if we'll lean into the Lord, he's working on your character. He's testing everything that doesn't need to be there that's not of God. This testing is like gold that's being uh, purified and the dross is being taken off of it so that it can be pure, so that it can be uh, worth all of its weight. And there's nothing impure in the gold. See, I don't know if you realize this or not, but your character is more important to God than anything else in your life. It's more important than your career. It's more important than how much money we make or how much retirement we can save. Why is that such a big deal? Because God wants to manifest his love And his presence and his power through your life. You're a Christian. You're supposed to, I'm supposed to be learning to imitate Christ. Christ had a godly character. Amen. It was pure. Now, I'm not saying you're perfect. I'm not perfect. Nobody's perfect. But how many of you believe that God is still looking for men and women with approved character? Amen? And tribulation, I don't know about you, but it has a way, if you allow it to, to draw you closer to God. Because he's our only hope. He's the one that will bring us the strength. He's the one that will bring us the faith. He's the one that will bring us the hope. 
He's the one that will fill us with joy. He's the one that will give us a different outlook, a different perspective. And when we draw to God, uh, even though I'm looking for something, I, I want something, you know what he talks to me about most of the time? Character. Character. That's what's important to the heart of God. And if you allow it to, tribulation can build you up in character. The third and final word is the word hope. Do you see that? It produces hope. Say hope. Hope. Now, I think that it's worth saying that Bible hope is different than just natural hope. Like, I hope this works out. That's not Bible hope. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. This word hope means a confident, joyful, expectation that's based on the word and the authority of the promises of God. Can I just tell you, I love you, you know I love you, but if you're not reading the Bible, you're going to lack in hope because the word comes and it brings faith and faith is always partnered with hope. But if I don't got any word coming in, I'm going to be lacking it. Can I just tell you, hope's not only for you, friend. There's some neighbors, there's some co-workers, there's some parents on the playground who need some hope. And if you're full of hope, hope's going to just come out of your life, amen? And sometimes tribulation will draw us close to God, and he'll begin to do something in us, and it will produce this supernatural, confident, joyful expectation that comes from God, and that's called Bible hope. Bible hope. God can use Trials, tribulations, suffering to produce perseverance, character, and hope in us if we remain connected to God, if we remain confident in God's love. For example, when trouble hits you, when trouble hits me, naturally, naturally, and I think we get a little help from temptation from the enemy, we want to cool our jets in our pursuing the things of God. We back off of attending services. We don't read our word like we should. We're not listening to Christian music. We get kind of consumed with all kinds of other stuff. We're staring at the mountain, and we forget that God is in the mountain-moving business. And instead of pushing back from God, it's time in tribulation to draw closer to God, to read more of the word, to pray more, to worship more, to maybe fast, take communion at home, Listen to podcasts. Listen to messages. Fill your heart with the power of the word of God. If you'll do that, friend, hope will begin to explode out of your life. It will. You can't be in the presence of God and pressing into God and reading God's word and worshiping God and spending intimate time with the Holy Spirit and come out of that place hopeless. You just can't do that. Always fill you with hope. He will. So let me just encourage you. There are seven days between now and next Sunday. I won't ask you when you come, but just think like I will. And I'm going to come up to you and say, hey, there are seven days that gone by since last Sunday. How many days did you get in the Word this week? One, two, three, four. Four is a good goal. Shoot for four. Some people might think, four? I'm not even doing one. Four is a good goal. Four is a good goal. 
Some of you might be doing six and seven. Praise the Lord. Listen, my challenge for you is find someone who's not doing seven, get a coffee with them, and show them how to do it. That's discipleship. Amen? I'm just saying, if we want to be full of hope, we got to fill ourselves with the word of God. Amen? The Bible, so powerful, so full of faith, so full of love. Okay, we got to keep moving. Here's the third thing I want to share with you today. Confidence and hope come from God's love. Say it with me. Confidence and hope come from God's love. Look at Romans 5.5 again. Look at Romans 5.5. He says, now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Can I just tell you, love that comes from God is the most powerful spiritual gift or force that is deposited into you. God is love. I love Galatians chapter 5. It says this, listen. Faith works by love. What does that mean, Pastor Robert? That means that if your life is going to be fruitful, if your life is going to flourish in your relationship with Jesus, if your life with God is going to get to be effective and you're going to do things that God has you to do and be everything God calls you to be, it's going to work based on you receiving over and over and being rooted and grounded and knowing and having revelation of the love of God for you. Not based on how much you love him, based on how much you know he loves you. You're his favorite. He's relentless. He's crazy for you. He's not going to let you fail. He's not going to let you down. He's going to give you hope. He's going to pull you through. He's going to see you to the other side. It's the power of his love that's working in you, that's going to bring you confidence, that's going to bring you hope. I love what Jude 20 says. Jude 20, it's one chapter. It says this, building yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keeping yourselves in the love of God. Did you know that it's your responsibility to keep yourself in the love of God? He's poured it out on you. He, he's, he's given you love letters about it. He's got brothers and sisters around you who remind you. But you got to keep yourself in the middle of all of that. I've got to keep myself in the love of God. When I do that, I'm reminded and, and I'm rooted and I'm grounded. And I'm catching revelation on God's love. What happens? Confidence. Hope. Faith. A steadfastness, a stability, a not backing down, not giving up, no matter what the devil throws at me type of faith begins to happen in my life because God's love is powerful. It's relentless. It's undefeatable. God's love is what resurrected Jesus Christ 
from the grave by the power of the Holy Spirit and he stood as the second man and you stood there in him and you've got newness of life and you're a citizen of the kingdom of God on earth. God's with you. His power's in you. His word is for you. He's given you a great church. You're victorious in Jesus. That's the truth. But we got a lot of counterfeit stuff going on. The devil's pulling up all kinds of tricks. There are no new tricks from the devil. They're the same. Same as they were in Genesis in the beginning. God said, listen, Adam and Eve, I made all this for you. We've got a great relationship. You can eat from every tree of the garden except this one. Don't eat it. And the devil comes around, and what does he tell him? Did God really say, what is that? He's getting God's people to doubt the authority of God's word. There's no new tricks. It's the same today. God's saying, listen, no matter what you're going through, daughter, no matter what you're going through, son, if you'll keep your confidence in my love, if you allow me to work some things in your life, even though you're going through it, I'm working on your behalf. I'm going to get you through. There's going to be a brighter day. You don't have to stop grieving, but you can be joyful in your grief. I'm going to give you supernatural joy no matter what you're going through. I'm going to work it out, and I'm going to see you through, and you're going to be victorious, and you're going to look back on this time of testing, and you're going to see that it turned into a testimony. Can somebody say amen? That's God's heart for you. No matter what you're going through, God's love is enough. God's love is powerful. God's love is for you. He wants for you to experience breakthrough and hope and faith and joy. He's going to see you through no matter what you feel like you're going through right now. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.